0: Welcome to The Common Share, a podcast about the opportunities and challenges of developing cooperative businesses. The Common Share is produced by Cooperatives First, a business development organization that increases awareness and understanding of the co-op business model and supports cooperative business development in rural and Indigenous communities across Western Canada. For a background around co-ops and a better way to do business, visit our website, cooperativesfirst.com. The site has great resources and business development tools for groups forming new ventures. Hi Common Share listeners, this is Asa Marshall, and I want to welcome you to this special episode of our podcast. Our guest for this episode was our summer student, Sasan Fergena, who over the past few months put together our first ever Backroad Diaries project. Susan's a young up-and-coming YouTuber and filmmaker who lives in Edmonton, and he wanted the chance to explore and document communities in rural and Indigenous Western Canada. For this project, we got him to travel to all four Western Canadian provinces and to feature two communities in each province and their co-ops. We did this because at Cooperatives First, we know that the co-op model isn't just an important economic development tool, but that it plays a wider role in keeping communities vibrant. So with the Backrow Diaries, we wanted to highlight the ways that co-ops are embedded in their communities, how they support and are supported by their communities, by talking to some of the amazing people who use them and who make them happen. So the Backroad Diaries then is a project about rural and Indigenous communities and how the co-op model supports their success. So in this episode, my colleague Kyle White and I speak to Sisan and give him a chance to reflect on his summer travels and all the things he learned along the way. So let's dive right into the recording with my first question for Sisan. Thanks for joining us and on with the show. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, Sisan.
1: Thanks, Ace. It's great to be here. Great.
0: So I just wanted to start off first, just you telling us a little bit about yourself. What's your life story?
1: You gave a good introduction. My name is Sisan Fugana. I'm from Edmonton, Alberta. I'm a videographer, filmmaker, storyteller. So when I had the opportunity to do this job, it seemed like it reached out to me. It's something that I'm super passionate about. It's been fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And just for the record, how old are you, Susan? So, so.
1: I'm 18 years
0: old. And so um, you've had a lot of experience for such a young person. We feel.
2: So we know that you're passionate about video. Can you share a little bit about your background using this medium?
1: I started making videos seven or eight years ago. My my parents had like this, one of the old iMacs, you know, the ones with like the super boxy ones. And it had iMovie on them. And we, I bought a webcam and the webcam was garbage, but me and my brothers couldn't really do anything. So what we would do is that we would film these like short movies and I would love editing. I would love editing. And then from there, I just kept making videos. Um, Every chance I had, I made videos for like school projects and, and just stuff around the community. And then about four and a half years ago, my parents allowed me to create a YouTube channel. So when I created the YouTube channel, I just started talking about stuff I was passionate about. Since then, I've created over 140 YouTube videos. Yeah, I'm still going. So,
2: what uh, what do those videos usually focus on?
1: So yeah, they initially started to focus on technology. So I'll talk about like the latest cell phone or like the latest laptop. But more recently, within the last year, I've transitioned into more Netflix. So. I'm a huge fan of storytelling again, so every movie or TV show I watch I like to analyze and think about and some of the thoughts I'm going to put on video.
0: And your YouTube channel has been growing quite a lot lately. Hey, you've, you've got uh, had some pretty successful videos. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been pretty crazy because, like, I was never really doing it for the money or the attention, so it was just, like, something I would put up and I would get not even a few hundred views. I would get, like, 30 or 40 views for, like, a long time. But more recently, especially the Netflix ones they've been getting a lot of views like into the hundreds of thousands so that's pretty crazy Mm
0: -hmm. when we were um, hiring for this position we did were able to watch a few of your videos and and your personality on video really comes through and you just seem like such a natural on video you're you're very comfortable in front of the camera and so that's a big reason why we thought you'd be great for this uh, project for sure I mean, you touched on, you know, you applied for this position because you're passionate about making video, but what else about this particular job appealed to you when you applied?
1: I've always liked to travel. I've moved a ton, so I'm originally from Edmonton. I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, but Mm -hmm. I I never lived there. I grew up in England and Wales, so we moved to Canada, my family and I, about 11-ish years ago, so we've been on a lot of planes, we've been around, so... I just I just love traveling. So when this job description came up, where well, we can travel around and make videos, it's like who like who on earth did you be so well? Kind of deal. Like I was like it was, it was too surreal. Another thing is that I had never really been to Saskatchewan before that point. I mean, I lived in Toronto for a year, mm-hmm. and I've been to BC a couple times, but Saskatchewan I'd almost never been to. So just mm-hmm. living here and moving out again of am 18 so, so i just i just wanted to to dive into adulthood so this is a huge thing <laughs> for me
2: so we know that you're the content creator with cooperatives first for the Backroad Diaries project but what's that actually mean can you tell us what that entails
1: so it's it entails it entailed a lot more than i thought it would um but essentially what i would do is that i would organize um, meetings with people from different communities around western canada people being maybe active officers or people who um, work for co-ops or people in the community that use the co-ops a lot. And I would talk to them. I would physically like fly over there, set up my camera, my microphone with um, my trusty partners, which were so clutch during the whole period of time I was here. Um, yeah, set up my tripod, set up my camera, and just talk to them about what they feel about co-ops, what they feel about the community, and extrapolate a story, an overarching theme and make that into a video so
0: so uh, tell us where all did you go this summer then you've been traveling a lot
1: okay so yeah so we first asa and i we first went to nelson bc and that was a week trip um a couple days later dan and i we went to stanley mission saskatchewan so after that we hit alberta so we hit battle river co-op in camrose and also westlock terminals in westlock then after that we went to the ukrainian co-op in regina then we flew into Winnipeg, talked to this lovely lady named Iris about her Aboriginal designers' co-op. Then we drove to Dolphin, Manitoba, talked to um, a couple of lovely people there. Um, there was a credit union there, and there was a hemp producers' um, co-op there. Um, so the last trip was River Select, so it was a fisheries co-op. They own eight fisheries around BC, and they all group under a collective brand and work together and, and share resources, so it's a really cool thing going on. Mm-hmm.
2: Racked up some air miles on that one
1: yeah
0: for sure <laughs> yeah one well, you started in june so it's been three months um so that's a lot of miles to cover in a short amount of time
2: was this your first time visiting most of these places
1: yeah 100 percent. like i had i had been through regina <laughs> like that's really it <laughs> like everywhere else was new to me oh i guess the time where i got to go to alberta I never been to Westlock, but the way it worked logistically was that I had to, I got to stay in Edmonton. I got to visit home. That was a that was a really fun time. But yeah, all these places are new to me.
0: So what were your sort of impressions of rural and Indigenous Canada that you hadn't seen before?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I was surprised about how friendly people were and how open people were. Again, I've been I've been to a lot of places like on earth I would say I don't know I don't know if it's more than average but I've been to a lot of places Mm -hmm. um, especially for um, an 18 year old and there are some places where the people aren't as nice as the people of rural and indigenous western Canada so um, that was that was a great thing to see
2: so you're working for cooperatives first what did you know about co-ops before you started this job
1: I knew zero about co-ops, um, like embarrassingly low like levels of knowledge. So I needed to study. Did you guys ever shop at a co-op store,
2: bank with Service Credit Union? Um, I guess
1: I am a member of Service Credit Union, which is
2: mm-hmm. the biggest yeah.
0: one in Alberta. Yeah. Cool. And so what have you learned then over the course of this project, I guess about co-ops specifically, first of all, what, what have you learned?
1: So my most favorite trip was the Alberta trip. Not because I got to go home. Um, it was it was Newlandia Co-op and another place. I don't know the exact name, but Newlandia Co-op had about a hundred people. But it was just all co-op. Like there was a, a grocery store, a restaurant, a hardware store, a card lock station, a gas station, like a farming inputs place. It was, the whole place was massive and mm-hmm. it was all co-op. And then the next time I was referring to um you would look at the street and then there was a there was a co op store, there was a home hardware, there was a credit union, mm-hmm. there was like some like a dancing co op and it made me think of a conversation I had in Alberta. So the great thing about Alberta again is I had to visit my family and I took them out to eat and they didn't really know what I was doing. They were like, Hey you make your videos, that's cool but what's what's co-op is for us, what's a co op, right? So most of my family understood when I kinda explained to them what it was but My younger brother, he's 10, didn't really understand, like, naturally, he's 10 years old. Mm -hmm. So I kind of broke it down for him. So in team sports, there is a term that people use when one person on a team outperforms everyone else on the team. Um, And that's called carrying. So if you're playing basketball and, like, let's say you're, like, LeBron James and the rest of your team's garbage, but you end up winning the game because LeBron James scored half the points, he carried the team. Um, And Uli loves basketball, he knows this. So I just said, co-ops carry communities and that made sense to him because places like nearlandia with a hundred people if it didn't have that co-op presence there would be next to no people living there like the other town with the home home hardware and the dancing co-op if if those institutions were there um similar to credit unions and stuff like that if those institutions were there it's a wrap there would be no people there so that was huge to me. Just the Alberta trip is the most eye-opening to me, just how cool the co-op system is and how it really should be more prevalent. I know it's prevalent already, but it really should be more prevalent. It's a really great thing that you guys are doing. So
0: That's cool. Yeah, the, the Alberta trip stuck out for me as well because we went to, as you mentioned, Westlock Terminals and um, Battle River Power Co-op. So those are two co-ops that are really providing like vital services, like you say, in those yeah. communities. So like without power how can you live in a in an area, you yeah, know, and, uh, and if the private sector isn't going to provide it for you, but a co-op will, I mean, that really, like you say, it, it carries your rural community. So, yeah, that, that trip really stood out to me as well.
2: I guess you probably saw that a lot in a lot of the places you visited. Mm-hmm. Westlock yeah. Terminal, supporting the agricultural industry. The Credit Union and Dauphin, supporting local banking. The indigenous co-op, giving us space for... Artists in Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So you visited lots of cool places, met lots of cool people. Can you tell us some of your memorable experiences from the summer?
1: I don't know if I have, like, one particular, like, favorite story, but it was just, like, again, it was me. It was like, this was a dream job for me. Like, next to, the closest thing to dream job I'm ever going to get at 18. So it was just, like, every day that someone was paying me to go film and tell stories, I was happy.
0: There, I know uh, you and Dan headed out into treacherous waters at one point <laughs> in your Stanley Mission trip. <laughs> was oh, that a bit
1: nerve-wracking uh, when you did that? Yeah, that was nerve-wracking. Yeah, that was a crazy trip. So Stanley Mission, it was Dan and I, and there was a co there, but we also wanted to go on this fishing trip. And when we initially went on the fishing trip, it was, like, super stormy. Like, you would go out, and it just looked like... The arm again was imminent. So we're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's go inside. So we went inside to the chest with our chicken. Yeah, we ate there. Then we went back out. It cleared up. We went um, on this fishing trip. It was great. I caught my first fish ever. Uh, and then, yeah, on the way back, it seemed to have dodged us. Because on the way back, when we were driving back to Stanley Mission, it looked clear. And then you look back to where we just were, and it was like the same storm. And it was like in those like, sci-fi movies, it was like lightning, that coming. It, was, it was like that, uh, I was like, wow, shoot, we just missed it, before. but yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience, very
2: cool, yeah, interesting weather maybe has been a theme on those fishing trips, yeah, because when we were in BC, we had the smoke coming down from uh, the fires, mm-hmm, for sure. yeah, we didn't get any fish though, that was no. unfortunate, <laughs> not quite, we saw lots getting caught, but none ourselves.
0: I think um, our very first trip was kind of the biggest one uh, when I accompanied you to Nelson. Just the fact the sheer number of cooperatives in that community and and the surrounding area was kind of crazy to me. And every single one was so different from each of the other ones. I mean, there was the grocery store, which you'd expect, but there was also the radio station station. There was a community health cooperative. We drove for about an hour outside the town, and there was a forestry co-op. I'd never heard yeah. of that before. And not only that, it was a non-profit forestry cooperative. We talked to a farmer who's starting um, a marijuana-growing cooperative eventually. So, yeah, the, the diversity of co-ops in Nelson was quite cool, I thought. Yeah. Did you have any particular one from that trip that you stood out for you? Or? Um,
1: I really liked the bakery. Um, mm-hmm. first off the hot chocolate was really good so, um, <laughs> yes. people sleep with the hot chocolate like everyone yeah. makes coffee but uh, uh, touching the of hot chocolate it's hard to go by so. <laughs> so I was happy with that um, and also it just seemed to make the most sense as a co-op model um, right because like, it's a
0: worker cooperative right yeah it's
1: a worker cooperative so yeah the people that work there own part of the co-op it just made sense like it's not a franchise bakery it's a local bakery so it makes sense for the people that work there have say and have resources and profits shared between all of them, which was a really good thing to me. It's pretty cool. Absolutely.
2: I feel like food was one of the big themes on this trip. Yeah. You had to sample some different things, yeah, try some food a foods. Yeah,
1: juxtaposition of foods. Was there uh, any uh, <laughs>
2: standouts? Uh,
1: yeah, no, there were good meals for sure. Like, again, like, the Chester Fried Chicken was good. Um, there were a couple of restaurants that also that were really good.
0: We hit Dauphin at the perfect time because we got there during the four days of their Ukrainian, annual Ukrainian festival. And there's a restaurant there that only, there's only for four days out of the year that they have like Ukrainian babas come in and make a traditional Ukrainian platter. So we did have that. It was all homemade pierogies, kielbasa. I don't know. I couldn't even identify everything on the plate. There was yeah. something wrapped in a grape leaf. It was delicious. Oh, that's
2: cool. yeah. <laughs> well, and you guys got to check out some really good Ukrainian food at the Ukrainian co op, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some good sauces.
0: Nice. That was, it was cool seeing them smoking it right out mm. behind the building, and everything was so fresh. It was still warm when we got to, to taste it. So That's cool. Yeah, that was fantastic. So, yeah, were there any of the businesses that you encountered you were surprised that they could be a cooperative?
1: Um, well, that's a good question. So I don't know if any of them particularly surprised me a ton that they were co-ops but the one that made most sense to me was probably the battle river power co-op one um just the fact that if these group of farmers didn't pull together yet they literally would not have power Mm -hmm. like straight up it just made sense (laughs) like how all the investor owned utilities wouldn't come in it was just too expensive for them to put energy in these farms so they said hey let's just do it ourselves so they they did it and it worked as a co-op model since They all needed the power anyway, so why not work together? Mm
2: -hmm. Very cool. So, you've been with us now for three months. Hopefully, we've imparted some knowledge. We learned lots from you about audio and visual. What would you say is the biggest learning you've got that you can take away from this project?
1: I feel like the biggest takeaway I took was that there are people around you. At least when I first came, I felt like I was in it for myself and I had to do all this stuff for myself until I don't know until I got to know my co-workers and I communicated with them and they said hey I can help add stuff became a lot more uh, manageable and easier to do well,
0: I like so. that because I think that I mean it describes your experience working with mm-hmm. our organization but it also kind of describes co-ops you can look yeah, around and it. see mm-hmm. you know that there's other people around that can that can help you and we um, you know, might all have the same kind of idea and want to accomplish the same thing. And, and that's the idea behind co-ops, is if you work together and, you know, share the, the benefits with the people around you, then that's a better way of doing things a lot of times. So.
2: so you've traveled all over the place, you've got the footage, mm-hmm. you're doing some editing now. When can we expect to see some of these videos?
1: Early to mid-October. Okay. Yeah, um, check them out at thebackwarddiaries.com.
2: Well, I guess anybody who wants to uh, get a sample, there's some, I would call them pretty funny, vignettes mm-hmm. on the Backroad Diaries website of of Sasan getting some t- up to some fun shenanigans.
0: Yeah, those are more of the sort of the outtakes that are out so far. Yeah, so is there, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: Well, I just, I do want to thank you guys. Just thank the cooperative organization. I know it's their podcast, mm-hmm. but this job was more than just like filming and editing to me like not only did it help me like grow like my creative skills it helped me grow as a person you know i helped like there's 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 always like there's your passion but there's outside of your work like again it helped me communicate with others it helped me um feel more confident so it was just a great experience all around for me i don't see any negatives
0: Oh, that's great! I love to hear you say that.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, so, um, so yeah, anybody that hasn't followed the Backroad Diaries yet, um, over the summer we've we've been posting about Senses Travel. So though the videos haven't been out yet. Um, there's been different. Uh, either Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram posts with some pictures of each of the places we've visited. Little blurbs and quotes about each of the co-ops we've gone to. Like Kyle mentioned, there's, there's a couple little vignette videos out that are pretty cool. So those are all things you can see right away if uh, you want to follow the Backroad Diaries. We've also got some blog posts out with, again, some behind-the-scenes stuff about our trips. So feel free to check those out um, on all, all those social media channels. So yes, this one's currently working on the final videos, so those will be released, as he mentioned, in the, in the fall sometime. So make sure you follow Cooperatives First and The Backroad Diaries to see when those are released. Also, on a, uh, a podcast side note, we just want to thank everybody for listening to The Common Share over the past few months. So this will be actually the last podcast of this sort of inaugural season of The Common Share. We've had a lot of fun putting these episodes together. We've interviewed some fantastic and interesting people, including today, um, talking to Sisan, and throughout the co-op world. And we've also enjoyed having some uh, discussions and debates amongst the uh, the Cooperatives First staff. And so what we're going to do now is take a little bit of break from putting out the podcast and prepare our next season. So make sure you follow Cooperatives First, again, either on Facebook or Twitter or on the website to see when our next round of episodes will be released. Also, I'd really encourage you to comment on any of our social media feeds if you want to tell us anything about uh, what you thought of season one, or wanted to comment on anything you've heard in this season, or also if you want to let us know what kind of things you'd like to hear in season two, we'd love to get some listener feedback. We're looking for new topics and ideas all the time, so please get in touch in whatever way you'd like and, and let us know what you'd uh, what you'd like to hear. Kyle, you want to add anything about this first season of the podcast?
2: I've had a lot of fun. I can speak of the rest of the team who's been on here. We've all had lots of fun with this. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some good plans, I think, for season two. We're going to talk about myths, some FAQs. As always, Dan, Ace, and I will argue about something. But we definitely want to hear from our listeners about what they want to hear from us as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Great. So uh, thanks for listening to The Common Share and stay tuned for season two.